0: no means no thing the podcast where three i guess lifetime no means no fans are having the ridiculous task of trying to find the uh best no means no song of all time we realize it's a fool's errand but uh, we're gonna try it anyway so i'm one of your hosts jordan
1: my name's michelle and i'm matthew
0: all right well thanks for coming back for this third episode guys i think uh we've got a good episode. Maybe, I guess we won't know until this is done, but I like the matchups. I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with these. Uh, I've got a few coming up here that I would consider to be standards if there's you know such a thing <laughs> as a no beats no standard. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, looking back at the last episode, those, that was a weird one to start with. I have to say for me that those were that if, if I were to pick, intentionally matchups to start a no no podcast about it would not have been any of those songs. So I'm pretty happy to have a couple of these back on the, back on the hmm. menu today.
2: Yeah. This, uh, this selection is kind of, you know, right across the middle. Um, whereas the other one was yeah. a little bit more, uh, scattershot and, uh, yeah, yeah that's
0: right. Kind of, on the, kind of on the fringes a little bit yeah, a little on the bit. fringes. Yeah. Uh, the test. good old, good old bon- bald wing through, <laughs> but uh, we'll, see, we'll see how it does in round two someday. <laughs> All right. So we won't keep all of you uh, phantom listeners waiting. We're going to dive into the first matchup here. All right. So the first matchup is going to be dead souls versus the phone call.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So dead souls uh, famously off the day, everything became nothing back in 1987. And also, which we'll talk about in a second off of uh, live and cuddly Um, and, you know, course, many other live shows, but at least on the turn of Canon albums, and then the phone call off of one, which was from, uh, 2000. So before we each start talking about that dead souls, that classic, you know, we've mentioned, um, sort of having a little discussions about the two, about differing versions, right? Like which we prefer, which one we would consider, uh, the Canon, if such thing exists, and Dead Souls is the first one we've come across. So, like I said, it comes across in the studio recording. Day everything day everything became nothing, and then in um, Live and Cuddly. So, any opinions on these two versions?
2: Well, I think, and kind of how I, I, I thought about it, um, especially when I was uh, even like loading all of the song titles into um, the you know, uh, the algorithm for, well, no, it's not, not an algorithm, um, uh, the little script <laughs> to, to pick the I random hate. songs. Um, I, yeah, I did, I did put them all in. I did not put in the live and cuddly versions. Um, but you know, I've had a little bit of time to think about it and I am sort of thinking, you know, they are different versions. It is the same song. So I, I'm kind of, I guess, inclined to, even though I feel differently about different versions, I think I'm evaluating the song as a whole.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't want them to be different versions, right? I don't, I wouldn't want all the live and cuddly songs to go up against their matches or potentially even in, on the studio recordings. But I get a real different flavor from some of these. I mean, I, for, for me, um, Dead Souls, live and, I like the live and cuddly version because for me, dead. and I'll talk a little bit more about this when I talk about the song proper, but Dead Souls is a, a song best live. It is a great classic punk song. And so getting to hear it like that it feels like the way it was meant to be heard as opposed to the studio uh, yeah, as much
2: for sure. And, um, you know, there are people who track down live shows, trade live shows. Right. I, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. I don't know why, yeah. but I've never really been into that. I guess I just, but live and cuddly because it's so, you know, I listen to it so much and, uh, yeah. it is such a good live album as far as live albums go. Classic classic. classic. Um, so I, I sort of consider it as you know a different version on a on a release rather than um, introducing the idea that you know songs oh they did it really amazingly in you know Ljubljana in 1998. <laughs> um, right, you should right. hear that version. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no we have to <laughs> stick to the actual releases.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I and mean, then that's the only reason I even bring up these ones is because I consider Live and Cuddly one of their releases, right? It, it's a it's a canon in a way. It's I mean I, I think it's close to the heart of every real no means no fan to, to that in quotes. So, um, and I, I don't know what the two songs. Well, the other song that we have on this in this matchup later, that's on live and cuddly. I think I might have a little bit more to say about the difference between the two, but not much about dead souls. For sure. And Michelle has told us that she didn't do her homework on that front. So I don't know that I didn't. you have a lot to say
1: yeah, on that front. I, yeah, that's all right. suck. But I, wh- one thing I will say about the live album, which I do have, um, I mean, it, it, th- that's what they sounded like. live. I mean, they they were so rehearsed and so Fuck tight. Yeah. So you know, when you went to go see a show, it wasn't going to be like, you know, Anthony Kiedis shitting the bed. He <laughs> really, is a bad singer. Uh, you know, I mean, Flea's going to be great, but I, I shouldn't I shouldn't have said that. But you know what I mean. The, w- when you went to see a show, it was going to be great, and yeah. and you you know that they were. uh. Given their all and always sounded great and and had a lot of fun too with it. I I, I love uh, all the back and forth between the guys and the exactly, <laughs> the, exactly. Little, the little things they say. It, it's very funny. I really and like it. But yeah.
0: unlike Matthew, it's kind of your and mine only opportunity to really experience an Andy era song, uh, Andy era show. Right? Like you never got to see an Andy era, right, Michelle? No. No. But I know Matthew has. So for us, there's that there's that bittersweet element to it for sure. Right. all right so let's let's see I don't know how deeply we'll go into this one but let's see what everyone has to say about it so Michelle you're up at bat first for dead souls <laughs>
1: I got my notes here, and I wrote down that I do think this is an excellent hardcore punk song, and I love how Andy sounds so deranged, and it works great with the music, and his guitar matches up pretty well with what he's trying to say. And um, there's tons of ominous, and you know, musical ideas, especially all the, the trichords um, which which always makes you think something something bad's going to happen um in the in the versions i've heard though it seems like rob's bass was kind of not turned up as much as it should have been so mm-hmm. it all you know i mean you can hear it a little bit but it's it is definitely like very guitar and drums um driven but uh you just just listen to john i mean it, that took me a while to do because i'm so Rob focused and then andy's singing but then if you just kind of pull back and listen to john i mean what a thunderstorm he's just a a thunderstorm of talent and i'm surprised you're just playing with two sticks seriously it's it's (laughs) phenomenal phenomenal
0: nice all right that that was great matthew what do you what do you think of this one
2: yeah i mean it's uh i'd say one of the most straight ahead hardcore songs um it it just goes and it uh i guess because you know I, i do know the album version and the um the live and cuddly version I mean it was right recorded right around when I was starting to go to shows at all you mm. know so I, I it brings back you know feelings and uh, even the adrenaline and uh, everything like that <clears throat> so it's, wow. it's music to go crazy to and uh, I don't know that you know I'd have to really think about it if there's if there are any songs sort of in their later um, later output that are quite that just straight ahead mosh song and uh so yeah i I actually think i prefer the album version for some reason maybe because it uh you know it leads into um you know where it fits on the album and i got to know it rather than on uh uh, the day everything became nothing i the the combo cd is how i got to know it Mm -hmm. and um even though you know you you definitely have the, the raw feeling of the live and cuddly version um and, uh, the small parts the the engineering is, it's a, a little tinny. Um, unfortunately, although it, you know, small parts could be my favorite album of theirs. Uh, and I just wish the, uh, it was a little more robust in the engineering department because I think stuff yeah, right. uh, that was there probably got a little lost. Um, but, uh, yeah, oddly enough, I still prefer the, the album version and, um, uh, yeah. Uh Later on, you know, after I kind of got to know that, I did a degree in um, in Russian history, so it was uh, a little a little hard to distance my mind from because I I don't know they, those guys read a lot of philosophy, and um, I, I was going to say it, they refer I always to
0: wondered, like, is this Gogol? <laughs> is this are they talking about Is this somehow a, a sneaky Gogol reference? But I,
2: I, I don't know whether it is because the, the the song itself may maybe because I mean. I'm, I'm really going to have to be racking my brains here, but uh, uh, dead souls was referred to, it was a way of referring to serfs. Like you'd, you'd own a certain number oh. of serfs. You'd say, you know, five souls of serfs. And so on the ledger, it would just say dead souls.
1: Get out of here.
2: And so uh, later on, it sort of came to mean... Um, kind of middle-class pretentiousness like so yes i'm sure it's it right was. on brand yes yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. i mean well, they were are into it far more into it than i am willing this is to this realize. is the, the fucking thing
0: about this band right like yeah. you can have a song that's so straightforward punk and yet it's got just enough of a way in that you could go and you know these guys are smart enough you're like you know what it could totally fucking be a, a reference to Nikolai fucking Gogol it, it and have it make sense without too big of a stretch. I, yeah. I love that about these guys.
2: So it developed those echoes for me later on. Cause of course I didn't know any of that when I was you know, initially listening to the, listening to the song and right. getting real sweaty and tearing my t-shirt and getting my t-shirt torn at <laughs> shows at Cedar Hill rec center <laughs> or wherever. Uh, Needle man. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So good memories nice. and fast nice. song. Um, and yet probably not one of my favorites. Off that album.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, actually, I feel very similar. So, I mean, this song is a classic, right? Like, I a capital C classic. And I think a lot of that for me comes from live shows. Because to me, it was like early in, in at least the early shows I saw was a staple. And and just the way the crowd would go fucking nuts when this came oh, yeah. on. Because it's, you know, it's super hardcore. So you get in the pit and it's just a thrash fest more than any of their other songs. So it, it really has that flavor. Although I think, you know, Michelle, to kind of what your point, what you were saying, if you just skate along the surface, it's like that. But really, it's there's some fucking crazy musicianship. Oh, no means no no crazy. Yeah, no means no crazy hardcore underneath has Mm. got incredible complexity. So Mm. I think it'd be easy for someone to just sort of hear this and go oh, it's three chord punk, but fuck. No, it's not. It's got so much else
2: going
1: on. Oh, I'll get a kick in the if I, I probably that.
2: wouldn't use my floor Tom as much if it weren't for songs like dead souls. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: But I also, and maybe even more than Matthew, this has never been one of my favorites. Like this is not the side of no means no that I like as much. I mean, I do love it for, because it's classic. And I, I think I kind of love all no means no, but, um, Never a song that I would put at the top of my pantheon, and it feels weird because that feels a little heretical. Because I I realize that it's very important. I realize it's a great song and it really gets me going, but I don't put it on that side of the ledger of my internal classics. Um, hmm. Yeah, I just don't, and, and I, I don't really know why, okay. but um, but I can't deny its power. It is an incredibly powerful piece of music, and you know you mentioned like where it falls on the album, Matthew. And maybe at some point we can even have a whole separate episode about this. But I think the sequencing of small parts and where it lives, it's genius. The sequencing yeah. oh, of the album yeah. is fucking amazing. And Dead Souls mm-hmm. is perfect where it is, mm-hmm. like what it comes from and what it moves into that that colors the song and, and, and makes it gives it as much meaning as what it is in itself, like where it's placed feels. Uh, purposeful, even if it's not, feels that way.
2: I definitely feel that way about, you know, especially the early albums that maybe a lot of thought, maybe more thought was, or maybe it's just me, you know, maybe I just spent more time listening to those albums back in the day. And uh, it's still the earlier albums that I'm going to tend to listen to the whole thing rather than just yeah. one-offs as the, um, and yeah, as they add stuff to them, um, it kind of even throws it off a little bit for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, it's all subjective, but everything I mean I I hate to divide everything up to post Andy Pre Andy but although I would say I would include Mr. Happy in it but everything Mr. Happy earlier the sequencing is is light years beyond what it is later and that's not it's not necessarily for better or worse in in, in the end but I I do feel like they had a they had a special magic back then in terms of the, the album sequencing
2: I was a little concerned about uh, you know prejudicing uh Pre Andy, post Andy, but uh, you know, as I as I uh, get into these songs and you know really listen to them and um, actually you know take notes and uh, you know, read the lyrics again and all that kind of stuff, I'm actually finding more appreciation for the latter day stuff more nice. than I expected to. So there
0: you go. This is a perfect segue because the next one is absolutely post Andy, right? <laughs> and you're up at bat, so. Let's move into that. So the next song is The Phone Call.
2: I am a crab. I live in a shell. You call this living. I call it.
1: I really like this. I hadn't heard it in a while, and, and I really think it's an epic song, and I think Rob sounds amazing. Um, I, I especially like the Get Along Now section, too, and, and I think the song, it musically, uh, each section flows in, into um, the other very, very uh, seamlessly. And 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 that's really important to me with listening to music. I I, I don't like it when when the chorus or, or a little extra sec, section is just like where the fuck did that come from? I, I like it when when it when it has a pattern or when you're like well of course they're gonna play this next. So I right. thought they did really well uh, structurally with 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 that. So I I that's definitely a thumbs up. I think Tom plays his guitar timbre is is just amazing. He he really he sounds great and some of the videos i've watched some videos and it he's playing a les paul and it really does sound like like a Les paul it sounds cool um and any again with the videos anytime i've watched them i mean there's nobody is half ass in it like they're they're really into it and they're all given their best and and I, I i think it's a fantastic song fantastic nice
0: music. nice how about you matthew
2: yeah, some of the really long songs in Latter Day No Means No, I kind of t- they take a lot of work for me. Um, maybe it's you know just the time when I was uh, getting to know them and everything like that. But yeah, this one, um, it it unlike a lot of No Means No songs, it actually reminds me of other stuff I listen to. Hmm. Um, maybe it's the feel maybe it's the structure i don't know quite what it is but you know this the structure just what michelle was talking about i that was the what really strikes me about this song as well i think if it were you know you know a 70s rush sci-fi epic the uh <laughs> the, the sections would have different names in roman numerals um, <laughs> um and then you know it kind of reminds me of sabbath here and there and then um, mm. it even reminds me of uh, stuff like Godspeed, You Black Emperor or, or uh, uh, Mogwai. So like a, a post, post-punk post kind of feel, maybe darker, but still has a, a little bit more atmosphere or, you know, kind of a looming, there's more going, around, going on around you. It's just such a massive, massive song. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think it's sort of about the oppressive nature of technology that's kind of what I, the impression i get like the it is rob again inhabiting kind of a, a persona and he's annoyed by the whole uh, how the world wants in and he just wants to be left alone Oh, um, Rob! yeah uh, so i i really i really like this song you know uh my favorite bit in it um is when uh it's sort of about two-thirds of the way through and i, I think this is an engineering thing <laughs> When he goes, I call it hell. But the little space in between, I think they turned all the knobs down. Like, yes, there's no hiss, yes. There's no ringing. There's no anything. It was an absolute mo- little period of silence so in there. Fucking it's fucking good. So, there's so much in it. There's so, so much. It's such a no, no means no thing to put so much weight on a little bit of nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then, uh, of course, the drums are fantastic that and uh, and unusual style too, like the uh, kind of galloping drums that would be like in a maiden song or something (laughs) so again it (laughs) gives me feels that uh, from other stuff that i listen to um i'm not super fond of the chorus that's the only thing that i don't really like but the yeah 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 okay yeah that 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 maybe could have been edited a little bit, a little tightened up a little bit, in my opinion. But uh, for the most part, yeah, it's a it's a, an epic. It's a no means no epic, for sure.
1: I yeah. wrote that and I underlined it.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I'm fucking super glad to hear both of you say that. I mean, I, I you know, in a bunch of seeing a bunch of people over the years, kind of talk about different songs and whatnot. This song just almost never fucking comes up with anybody. But I I love this song. I think mm-hmm. every time I listen to it. I'm never sick of it. And I always, it's one of those songs where it keeps my attention through the whole thing, even though it is a really long song. People and you who like, talk, one, really right. like one
2: really like one.
0: Yeah. I, I do really love this album. And you guys were talking about the structure. And one of the, one of the things I love about no means no is when they have, they've always built always, almost always build really good structure and it carries across every aspect of the song. So that structure, you've got these two distinct characters in this piece. You've got, this person in their room, on their own, completely disconnected, who clearly has been stalking somebody, right? Or, or from somebody else's perspective, was stalking them. It's someone who's bitter, who's not maybe not bitter, but cut off, lonely, has the picture of a celebrity on their wall, and had some time in the past where they had like tried to reach out to them, thinking, "Oh, this this you know, I really love this fucking person, even though they've never met them because they're totally disconnected from from everything." And then had to reach out one more time. And then you switch to Mr. Fucking Authority, who's with that person, you know, as they're like listening to that person call, like make the call, being like, no, keep him on the line. We're gonna trace him. We're gonna hunt him down. Don't worry, honey. We got him. We're gonna fucking hunt him down. So you've got the police, Mr. Authority on one side, and this poor disconnected soul who, you know, is being labeled a stalker and probably is a stalker on the other side. And that's where the structure switches. And it's in the way that Rob. Delivers the vocals, you know. He's so sympathetic when he's playing this really marginalized person who normally we'd look at and say, like, oh, that's a fucking stalker. They should be in jail. <laughs> but I feel sympathy for them, as opposed to Mr. Authority, right? Who's just this fucking growling, angry, bitter, sarcastic uh, authority figure. And that the, you know, so that structure carries through in every element: the story that he's telling, the way he delivers the vocals, the music it's just fucking amazing how their songs are so holistic that way. There's not two or three parts of the song that work together in one that's layered on top. All of it is organic and all of it fits together. And this is, yeah, this is one of those narrative Rob songs where he's telling a story, really inhabiting it and telling a story that on one level is, is, you know, about um, someone who you normally wouldn't feel sympathy for. And yet, we can all recognize ourselves in that person, Mm -hmm. you know, like can show how we've all got this, these darkest parts inside of ourselves.
1: Dexter, a little Dexter going on. (laughs) Um,
0: You know, in a sense, this is like, this is, this is the same poor asshole who's sitting on his couch spouting off and kill everyone now. Right. Like it's just this sort of uh, er, character he has of these disaffected, lonely souls. And we are that soul in a certain sense. Rob is whatever, probably channeling that part of himself, but, I I think this song's brilliant. Absolutely love it.
2: Michelle, I'm really glad you mentioned Tom, too, because it's it's almost easy to kind of dismiss, not dismiss, but just not think about Tom because, you know, he he wasn't just a hired gun. And um, this this album particularly is very, very Rob. Like, he is what's looming over the whole thing. And so I have to remember to kind of step back and actually, listen, I'm not a guitar player. I'm generally not a treble person. Um, So... Yeah, it's it's nice to hear uh, you mention that, and I have to like more consciously uh, give some thought to what Tom's doing on uh, Tom's albums. This yeah. is, this, no, is Tom's like,
0: best al- this is Tom's best album, I think, in my opinion. Like Tom's tone and how he plays all yeah. these songs is like my favorite of Tom's guitar playing on any of yeah. the any of the albums.
1: Watch some sure. videos of these songs too. I mean, he's he's just these he's rabid, you know. Nice. I mean, he's snarling, he's he's crazy, and it's great. <laughs> nice.
0: nice. I, my understanding was that one was actually going to be a just Mr. Right, Mr. Wrong side project after they'd got done with the previous album, but then they've just decided to turn it into a, a no means no. I mean, I don't really know what the distinction would be, but I, I think in a sense, like you're right, Matthew, it was really Rob focused and heavy, and he sort of orchestrated it. And so it was probably going to just be sort of a side project before they decided, Now, just fucking let's turn this into a No Means No album. Right, but,
1: yeah. This yeah, is the, the only been.
2: No Means No album that I didn't get, you know, right when it came out because I was living in Japan when it came out. Um, so it kind of slipped under my radar a little bit. And there was some discussion, that, which is exactly what you're talking about, that maybe it wasn't going to be released as a No Means No album. There was some discussion that way. So I, I sort of had some questions about it and I, I wasn't listening to... Um, much of this kind of music at the time, either. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's again one of these ones where I'm ha- I'm returning to it and appreciating it a lot more than I ever did.
0: Yeah. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, I think those are all good thoughts. Now it's time to oh, do God. the voting. Oh, so no. we're gonna do the voting in the same order. So Michelle, you get to cast the first ballot here.
1: I am on Team Dead Souls. All right. All the way, baby.
0: One for Dead Souls, an enthusiastic vote. Matthew?
2: Um, I got to give it to the phone call. Oh, no. Ooh. I'm oh, a God. tiebreaker. Oh, no. yeah. oh. And I'm kind of glad about that. Like I said, like that, I was a little bit worried when you came up with this idea that I would be prejudicing, you know, pre-Andy, post-Andy. Um, but uh, yeah, not in this case.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: So I'm proud to cast my vote. Oh, no for the phone call it's
1: oh phone my call. Phone call go god
0: phone call goes not now see t- you're, i need t- tissues you're in the bald wing chair today oh yeah. kind of, <laughs> you're in the bald wing chair um i mean it's just this is a close one for me this was not super easy frankly i i do love dead souls but phone call it's just deeper and richer to me i don't know
1: i, don't know what I, to understand. Say. I understand i understand i understand i'm i'm disappointed but i understand
0: we're all, all gonna right, have to cancel you know, our darlings but you
1: just, right. got, just just put it on and listen to John and then just come back and change your vote will you please <laughs> all right.
2: dead souls for me it's it's all adrenaline and uh, the phone call yeah. is a little more uh, adrenaline plus brains so yeah. <gasps> yeah
0: there you go nice nice all right well let's go on to this next very very interesting matchup. <laughs> so uh, this next matchup is <clears throat> Mondo Nihilismo 2000 from All Roads Lead to Ausfart, which is, I think, 2006. And then Metronome, classic Metronome from Sex Mad uh, back in 1986. So a incredibly interesting matchup. And uh, this time, well, actually before, I guess, we, we dive into... Well, we're going to talk about Mondo 2001. 2000 first. So Nothing, is so
2: goes. Nothing means anything. Everything's permitted. Nothing is forbidden. So anything goes. I'll buy that for a dollar. Let's go to Guam and fuck a baby. I saw a tour on the internet. They say that hell awaits all sinners. But they haven't got us yet. Something's wrong an evil that creeps across this land. But they say God accepts all sinners. So why should we give a damn?
0: So, Matthew, why don't you hit us with your uh, your thoughts on this song?
2: Okay. Um, out of their entire uh, canon, um, <laughs> this is maybe <laughs> one of the most likely songs for me to skip. And it's for reasons. You know, it's just, it's funny. Of course, it's funny. It's shocking. Um, but it's almost sort of a more, it's a comedy song. <laughs> in some ways. It's uh, very straight ahead. The The music to me is not uh, super interesting. It's probably the closest thing No Snow ever did to a country song, uh, except maybe the beginning of now. Um, I don't care much for the female chorus. Um, you know, I guess in, in ways like to analyze it as um, an art project and not a song so much. I can kind of appreciate what they're, what they're doing, you know, at the, uh, she's almost like an automated voice in a, in a shopping mall or something like that. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, thinking about this song in the context of, uh, current politics, uh, is it's particularly resonant, (laughs) you know, it's about exactly what the problem is right now. Um, God help us just that that whole and I, I do think you know as a Canadian and it's a Canadian band the fact that he uses the word heartland um there are sort of Americanish oh like, yeah real flag wavy that uh, oh, you know, yeah. to the, the marching band snare at one point it is a big uh-huh. middle finger to the US or a certain uh-huh. section of it. the us yeah. Oh, yeah. so i I guess I like it on that that basis and it isn't <laughs> specifically t- towards the U S but I think there was a, a little bit more of a finger to, to, to that than, than, uh, perhaps, uh, to other places. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I get, I get it, Rob. Uh, but yeah, I don't necessarily need to listen to the song every time it comes on. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. So, so yeah, I I can't
0: say I feel completely dissimilar. So I don't know that I always skip it. It's certainly not my favorite on that album. It's not one of my favorite of their songs. This I, I think I even mentioned the song briefly in our first when we were kind of talking about No Means No in general. This is the one song where they go even farther than I'm comfortable with, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Like in the, in that sense, in the abstract, I'm really fucking happy. There's a No Means No song that even goes too far for me because it's the, in the in the nature of what they do. Um, it wouldn't make me happy if I was able to easily absorb everything they put out. But this one goes a little bit too far, even for me, which I think is fucking great. And (laughs) even then they can't help throwing in philosophical references. I mean, that, that open, that opening, you know, the, the chorus, the, the female chorus, nothing means anything. Everything's permitted. Nothing is forbidden. So anything goes, that's Nietzsche quoting the order of the assassins from the, from the 13th century. I mean, that's like, you know, it's not nothing that there's not completely out of nowhere. So <laughs> these guys, even when they want to be, you know, smarmy assholes, uh, singing the most bloody fucking shit and disturbing shit that I've probably <laughs> heard in a song, uh, can't help but, but pull in some, some deep cuts, philosophical cuts. And, you know, I, as an abstract piece of art, I do enjoy it. And I really love how it builds to the thesis of the ridiculousness of Christianity, especially the kind of evangelical American Christianity. I mean, you've got this character who's just doing increasingly horrific things that are way worse than what you hear on like the dance of the headless bourgeoisie song. Right. And yet, at the end, it's that thesis of like, but hey, God accepts all sinners, so why should we give a damn? That sort of thing of like, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do, as long as you accept Christ, you're good to go in the end,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. And it all yeah.
0: built that thesis, and it to me, rather than a country song, this this always struck me as like a uh, a rock and folk gospel. It feels like he's making sure. like they've made a gospel song that's horrific. And if you didn't listen to the words, you'd probably just go like, ah, it's kind of a poppy fun. Then you dip in just a little bit and realize, oh my fucking god, what they're—oh yeah, no about. major, major chord. Weird. It's all
2: happy and like bright exactly. and shiny, and oh, talking about like you know all the. Anyway. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. Yet. Yeah, and 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 that's why
0: I do appreciate it. Like I appreciate it for that. It's just as a song, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I, that's not at the top of my <laughs> list. So, Michelle, what do you think?
1: okay well nothing nothing too different from you guys for for sure so uh yeah my 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 thoughts about the lyrics were just like my uh, oh boy okay and then you know rob, rob is, is once again juxtaposing a happy skippy song with like his fucked up lyrics and you, you the irony is just insane and it's like a it's like a rolled doll book gone wrong i i i <laughs> It's almost I almost can't listen to it, but I, I can't stop when 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 I do, and um, I only maybe like the song because of the contrasting lyrics with the music. But I do like you mentioned, Jordan, the the nod to the Southern Baptist Church with a with a Hammond organ in there was kind of cool too. So, yeah, that's about all I'll say about it. I think you guys pinned it down pretty well. So, yeah,
0: it's nice. All right, well. Let's move on to our second one in the list here. And I think before we dive into it individually, we can have another one of our quick little sidebars about the versions. Because to me, this is one of the ones where the two versions are different and i love both of them. So this one's metronome. Um, And of course it's on sex mad, but it's also on live and cuddly and live and cuddly. You know, you mentioned the kind of like the, the banter and the fun on that album, Michelle. And I love that in this, in this Mm, version. mm -hmm. I love how we, I love how Andy starts it in live and cuddly Um, I love sort of how the ending is so different. And that's one of the things I love about live and cuddly is how in some of the songs, you really get to hear how they fuck with the structure in ways that lets you know they were having a really fucking good time. And I think they really do that on metronome. So I don't know in this one that I prefer one over the other. I think they're both great. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But, um, but I, I think I I really love the live and cuddly version of this and it really makes me feel like I'm at the live show, um, Mm -hmm. just hearing the banter and the energy from it.
1: All right, you have right. any
0: comments on the, the live version,
2: Matthew? Um, well, it, it's interesting that the, the studio version, it's Rob singing and Andy doing the, the backing right. vocals and the uh, the live version, it's Andy singing and John doing the backing vocals and Rob right. just flails away. And it's actually, to watch the video is, oh my God, that guy is, this is... Fucking b- amazing. Bendy weirdo. And he's like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this, it, it really... They complement each other, I think, and uh, it, it's yeah. interesting. And I've never really kind of thought consciously about uh, how many other songs uh, have different singers on uh, on *Live and cuddly I don't know whether I don't know whether any of the other ones do. In fact,
0: right. Well, we'll keep that in mind as we go through, I guess.
2: Yeah, All for right, sure.
0: Right. Well, your first step, so I want, yeah, just uh, transition into the song proper here.
2: Steady, steady, keep steady. The place is lost deep inside. Say. I wanna see the ugly faces that hide. I wanna reach down to the end of what's there. I wanna strip the surface till it all is bare. Well, okay, Mono Nihilismo 2000 is maybe one of my least favorite, and uh, Metronome's <laughs> probably uh, top three at least. <laughs> for, for me, it's um, one of my absolute favorite. No means no songs. Uh, I think what I like about I do like Andrew's intro. Andy was an incredible uh, stage banter guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and what he says, and it's difficult to just dis- to, to, to distance it from you know my own feelings because. Um, you know this came out in in 1990 and he says what this song is about he actually explains it and it's it's very much what I appreciate about No Means No generally is the um, precision but also like the restrained intensity it's just like bubbling under the surface until it isn't, Yeah. you know, and then yeah. when it comes out, it's perfectly controlled as well. But he talks about, you know, fitting round pegs into square holes and it's about control and order. But um, I really, what I love about this, the message of the song is about how you seek to escape the order to be free. And yet you want to impose order because it's safe and attractive. Um, so it's secure and attractive yet oppressive. And sometimes you, you got to break out. Um, so yeah, some, some of my absolute favorite, favorite drumming on, uh, on any no means no song. Um, my favorite part of the drum kit is the hi-hat. Oh,
1: uh, that's in my notes. That's my line, buddy.
2: (laughs) Stay out of my comments. how restrained <laughs> it is, restrained with just these little explosions of fury. And, t- and then when they let it go, and he starts playing 16ths on the, on the hi-hat, and it, the groove comes in, and you kind of don't expect it to be that consistent. And, you know, the the baseline is the same all the way through without, with just these little loops here and there. And, uh, yeah, the, the sameness with the little bits of variation, um, it's, yeah, perhaps um, uh, exactly what it's like distilled. No means no for me.
0: I, I feel so similar. This is definitely one of my top no means no songs. Um, fucking love this song so much. Um, and you know, one of their masterworks with only, with only uh, bass and guitar, right? I don't, mm. I don't, I'm sure there are other bands out there that could do this, but the way that these guys can make a song of such fucking power with those mm-hmm. two instruments is mm-hmm. absolutely unreal. Well, three, the vocals are part of it, right? They're not separate. So that's not fair to say it's only two instruments. I think the, no, the vocals know. are completely oh. a part of it. But, but you know what I mean. And I mean, this song is just fucking amazing. And, and Matthew, you're right. The, in term, lyrically... I think this song goes right to the heart of one of the, of what's best about no means no. And you have that dichotomy of wanting to break free of this order and yet needing this order. Right. And just being trapped between the, the, the trapped in that dichotomy and that dichotomy is in the music. It's not just what he's talking about. The, the, the way that that baseline does not uh does not alter. It just changes its intensity and maybe has little loops, but the that is carrying the message of the song. The drums are carrying the message of the song. Every fucking piece of it carries the message of the song. Yeah. I think this might've been the, one of the first tracks I heard where that became so clear to me, where I just realized how fucking brilliant they were at making every part of a composition, uh, integral to the meaning. And there's yeah. so many bands that will have a great fucking baseline, a great thing. And then the lyrics are just sort of tossed on or the lyrics are great, but the singing is just singing. Not this. The way mm. Rob the lyrics, uh, Rob or Andy delivers every fucking word is right in the mm. moment of what is happening in the fucking song. It's it so, reminds me
2: uh, of like a, a, a boiler, that, that restrained yes. fury, like it's an explosion a really it's contained within this, God. you know, Iron cylinder until it isn't, you know. <laughs> yes. You know,
0: it's it's um I'll tip my hat too little too much, but it reminds me of one of my other favorite tracks, The River, in that same way that it has this. Ooh,
1: I know you like that one. It
0: has this driving beat that doesn't go very many places, but builds an in intensity and just carries something in me to a whole nother fucking place because of that. Um, yeah, I absolutely top of the pantheon. And to me, this is one
2: of those songs that could go all the fucking way to the very so end. Mondo's
1: so Mondo's going to win tonight. You think? I <laughs>
2: probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> all right. All I just right, want to say you about, mean? you know, the songs on sex med, particularly, I think that's the engineering. I mean, they probably didn't have much money. I don't imagine that the the studio was all that great shakes and it's so much better for it. You know, um, yeah. the, right. the, on the studio version, the, the echoey sound of like the, uh, um, the backing vocals and how mm. he, it sounds like he's super far away and there's like yeah, this yeah. echoing space. Like there's all this blackness and then there's like really intense spark of the band. Right. So and it gives me like visual hallucinations. <laughs> the fucking
0: way Rob's voice break. I just have
2: to say this, the way Rob's breaks,
0: Rob's voice breaks at the end of that song when he's like, it's beating on you and beating on me. The, 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 the fucking tension in his voice is, ah, it just makes me almost fucking die every time. Mm.
1: Yeah, mm, mm, yeah.
0: Mm, mm. I, I just want to go listen to that song right fucking now. But
1: well, <laughs> see, you should play it now because then I think we'd really go apeshit. Because you know, is is it my turn? Because I'm it's just your turn. Gonna go, I'm your gonna turn. go in here because, of course, I'm listening to it, writing stuff while I'm listening to it, and I've heard it thousands of times, and I probably have. But just the bass timbre on this is just on. Un-
0: oh fuck.
1: fuck! You believable? It's so badass. And and I just don't know how much more raunchy, and listen to me, this this can get. It's just gorgeous, and 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 like you said, Matthew, the the hi hat playing. Yeah, my my favorite drummer is is Stuart Copeland, and and it should be John Wright. Maybe I'll say that from now on. But I, I love Stuart Copeland, and he's like the hi hat king. And and I, I just I, the hi hat playing of John's is just really really pretty interesting to listen to Which is, you couldn't think you you could make that much glory on on that little instrument but you certainly are are hearing that and he's the backbone of that song and the conductor of that beautiful build-up and like you both mentioned I love the reverb that I hear on the kit and in Andy's voice too it sounds menacing it sounds uh disturbing and and i really really like the re that's what i i think it's reverb i i I don't know that's what i'm gonna say and and like jordan you you're always with the epic lyrics and this is probably one of the songs that i do know all the lyrics (laughs) and and it being a religious experience for you and this is definitely one it is for me because it's it's just it's it's a great song and the two instruments playing that they get slowly more intense and this is a historic no means no song, and it Fuck never, yeah. ever, ever, ever gets old. Nope. And metronomes are, are loved and hated by uh, uh, in, uh, musicians and practicing people of, of any kind of musical instrument. And they're essential tools, and people love them, and they hate them. It makes you stay you know, on point and and, and they're a really good tool to help you bring up your your uh if you can't learn something as fast as it's supposed to be, you start it out slow and you make your way up. So I actually took the time like a total nerd to find out what the beats uh per per minute were on the and it's one fifty one. Oh, nice. So the metronome rating on this song is one fifty one. <laughs> at at its height. So I, I'm dorking out too but um hell yeah. This this song is uh Phenomenal.
2: Oh yeah, I can and you know just the title it totally connects to what that metronome is and I'm you know I'm, exactly. I'm a musician of sorts I am and you know 20, 25 years into into playing I realize that you don't become a good drummer without using a metronome
1: right and so it yeah. is
2: uh, probably pretty oppressive for people like this and they, and drummers thing.
1: hate metronomes and click tracks because they're 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 very uh, insulting but you you, you well, your job is keep time. need and them, and need them to practice. So with the metronome, well, that's the thing. And right.
0: It's, it's right in the fucking song, right? Like, you need that order, but you hate the order and you want to get past it. Right. That's, right. Again, the magic of this thing. Every fucking piece of this song mm-hmm. is perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Nothing
2: is yeah. superfluous. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I don't just like, like the song. It. I think what the song is about is why I connect to No Means No. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, this mm-hmm. gets to the heart
0: of in a lot of. I think a thread that's in a lot of their music. This is a good distillation of, of a core of what they have to say to us as fucking human beings. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So clearly, like I we said, need
1: we need, can play it and just we, just we don't we don't play. need
0: we don't need to vote. It's clearly okay. uh, Mondo <laughs> Nolito 2000 yeah. going through. Yeah. So all right, no, let's just go. Yeah. All, let's all
1: vote
2: together. One, two, One, three, two, three. Metronome. Metronome. Oh, no.
1: Om. Gnome. Mondo Gnome.
2: <laughs> Just kidding. Well, that,
0: one, that one was easy. Well, um,
1: that, that,
0: yeah. But these were all, I mean, these were, these were interesting songs. I, I'll, I'm, I'll be, I'll be happy and interested to see Metronome and Phone Call come back when they come up against whatever their next seed is. It'll be interesting. Metronome's gonna, it's going to be hard to unseat that one for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though it's going to be coming up against other uh, heavy hitters. So we'll have oh, to man. see. Oh, man.
1: I will have tissues one. here. I will have tissues.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess in that sense, we've done it. We've sent through the phone call and we've sent through Metronome and uh, we'll pick some other rabbits out of the hat for next episode and we'll see you all on the other side. And, uh, you know, who gives a fuck what the crow says anyway? So I'll see you guys <laughs> later. Bye.